All right, our chapter for today is 2 Timothy chapter 4, and today we come to the end of this second letter to Timothy. These are the last words that we have recorded from the Apostle Paul. He himself indicates in this letter that he is an old man at this point and that he doesn't know how much time he has left. And he gives some final exhortations to Timothy before asking him to bring some supplies to him as he sits imprisoned in Rome. So let's consider a few things we, we see in this final chapter. Uh, we began the discussion in the last chapter about the hardships that Paul told Timothy he would encounter as a, as a pastor there in, in Ephesus. We described the kind of people that he would inevitably have to deal with even in the church. Just remember the first five verses of, of the last chapter. What, what did we say was the remedy? What's the plan to move forward in that kind of environment even in the church? That is, he says in verse 2 here, preach the word. Preach it in season and out of season, he says. In other words, when when the people are, are hung, hungry for it, that's in season. And when they're not hungry for it, that's out of season. Because he, he does say there will be many in the church who simply have itching ears and, as he puts it, will want to accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. He says that in verse 3. Uh, they will not always want to hear biblical teaching and preaching, but Paul knows that's that's what they need and what God has ordained to be the spiritual diet of his church. The church, by God's design, grows healthy by a steady diet of hearing the, the scriptures uh, and, and, and biblical teaching, uh, allowing it to reprove, rebuke, ex and exhort us. This idea is becoming less and less fashionable in, in our day and in the culture. Numerous other substitutes are employed in order to grow the church. The thought is many, if we have a new building or if we can hire the right kind of preacher or uh, other other minister, if we, if we have this style of music or that, if we have the right children's program, if, our, you know, if we do this or that, our, our church will grow. And if you do those things, a crowd might gather, but has the church grown? The growth that God has prescribed for his church is achieved through the hearing of and adherence to his word. All those other things are, are, are nice, and, and they are sometimes necessary for this reason or that. But if the growth is not built upon the foundation of love for God's Word, then it will, it will not last and will crumble as soon as the new building gets old or the pastor leaves or the, the, the style of worship doesn't please everyone. God has established the proper foundation for His church to grow, and it may not be flashy. And in fact, it may feel quite ordinary but it is firm and it is faithful, and it has God's Spirit in it. Well, secondly, some of the most recognized words in the New Testament are found in this chapter. In verse 7, he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Paul, at the end of his life, looks back on his life and knows that while he has been far from perfect, he has been faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. He has not coasted through his life as a follower of Christ, but has actively fought to be obedient in everything and to honor the Lord in everything. Now he's an old man at the end of his life and he has no regrets. In fact, he's lived the kind of life that when he thinks about the possibility of Christ's return at any moment, he could say in verse 8, he has loved his appearing. He looks forward to Christ coming back. And I fear that many pro professing Christians don't think that way uh, because they aren't now, nor have they been, living the kind of life that would invite the smile of Christ, they think, should he come back at any given moment. 
take the example of Paul and let's renew our commitment to, to follow Christ today and every day in such a way that we will have no reason for which to be ashamed when he comes. Well, one last point I would highlight is what Paul asks Timothy to bring him in verse 13. He says, when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and also the books and above all the parchments. Parchment was the kind of paper that scriptures were commonly written down on in that day. So apparently he's cold, so he needs a coat. He needs the scriptures, and so he asks Timothy to bring the parchments. But he also asks Timothy to bring the books. Now, we're not told what books those are, but the point is that here is Paul as an old man, an apostle in the faith, not only staying in regular study of the scriptures, but also regularly reading good books that help him grow in the faith. He never got complacent. Mark Twain, always quotable, uh, was famous for saying, the man who does not read has no advantage over the man who cannot read. Those are sage words that we are wise to heed. And those are a few thoughts from Second Timothy chapter 4.